Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 700, 700 editions since the new format of WaveScan began. So that's been about... Um, if I calculate right, about 13 and a half years ago when we started. Primary release date for this program is Sunday, July 24th, 2022. On WaveScan today, PBS in the Philippines on shortwave. Our first report from the NASB, National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters, 2022 annual meeting. During its more than three quarters of a century of on-air shortwave service, PBS, the Philippine Broadcasting Service, has always been quite tenuous, even at its very best. Radio Pilipinas, the shortwave service of the Voice of the Philippines, has at times been dependent upon borrowed facilities and donated equipment, sometimes quite old and sometimes no longer reliable. Here's the story now from Ray Robinson. Thanks, Jeff. On September the 4th, 1947, the United States government signed a document on behalf of the Voice of America for a new and somewhat temporary relay station at Malolos, some 30 miles north of the capital of the Philippines, Manila. VOA took out a lease for five buildings at the Bulacan Trade School, mainly imported Quonset huts, and a total of five transmitters were installed two 50-kilowatt medium-wave units and three short-wave units for international coverage. At one stage, VOA operated a Manila address at 964 Taft Avenue. Two of the three short-wave transmitters at Malolos were 50-kilowatt RCA units, model number M17330A, each with dual-channel operation. The RCA serial numbers were numbers 524 and 527. And there was a third RCA transmitter, a 7.5 kilowatt model ETA MI725, serial number 4654. A total of 10 Rhombic antennas was installed, and programming was beamed to China in Chinese and English. When in use with the relay of VOA programming, the shortwave transmitters were identified in VOA scheduling as Manila 1, Manila 2, and Manila 3. When they were on the air with PBS programming, they were identified on air simply as PBS Malolos. A set of temporary coordinating studios for PBS was installed in an already available public building in Manila on the fourth floor of the Ramon Rosses building. Occasional additional programming was prepared in the United States by United Nations Radio in New York City. In the era immediately following the end of World War II, the shortwave scene in the Philippines was so convoluted and mixed up, with so many stations relaying programming from other stations and utilising a strange mixture of various designated call signs, it's almost impossible to trace who was who back at that time. 
However, in fairness to the post-war Far East Broadcasting Company in Manila, it should be stated that they generally did operate their network of medium-wave and short-wave stations in conformity with their registered call signs. When conditions began to return to somewhat normal during the latter part of the 1940s and into the 1950s, the registered call signs for PBS shortwave were listed in the DUH series. Consecutive call signs identified consecutive shortwave frequencies, with DUH2 on 6170 kHz, DUH3 on 9570 kHz, DUH4 on 9615 kHz, and DUH5 on 11840. These four DUH call signs identified the usage of shortwave channels, as was the custom back then, not the usage of specific shortwave transmitters. The change for the initial prefix for radio station call signs in the Philippines from the K prefix to the D prefix occurred unexpectedly and without prior announcement on January 1, 1949. This sudden move caught the international radio world by surprise. In 1954, the powerful new Voice of America relay station at Porro Point, some 150 miles north of the national capital Manila, was taken into service on both medium wave and short wave. However, at this stage, the VOA usage of the six-year-old Malolo station, Manila VOA, was retained with its regular scheduling of VOA programming. In addition, PBS programming on shortwave continued from Malolos according to their prior scheduling. However, in 1968, a huge new VOA shortwave relay station was taken into regular service at Tinang, some 50 miles north of Manila, with ultimately a dozen huge transmitters at 250 kilowatts each. In addition, a total of 31 curtain antennas was installed. At that stage, the VOA usage of the now 20-year-old, somewhat temporary station at Malolos was discarded, and whatever was left of its serviceable equipment was donated to PBS. In 1967, for example, the year before the completion of Tinang, PBS was listed with just two hours of daily programming on channel DUB4 with 5 kilowatts on 3286 kHz. But during the next year, 1968, PBS shortwave was shown with call sign DUB4, now on 3156 kHz, together with call sign DUH2 on 6170 kHz, maybe with 50 kilowatts or whatever was available. Two years later again, in 1970, after VOA Tinang was activated, PBS was shown with 7.5 kilowatts on 9580 kHz and maybe with 50 kilowatts on 11950 kHz. These days, in 2022, Radio Pilipinas PBS is listed with a nationwide network of two dozen or more medium wave and FM relay stations. Their programming on shortwave is provided by VOA at their huge relay station at Tinang. PBS Shortwave via Tinang currently targets Japan, Russia, China, India, Southeast Asia, Europe, the Middle East and North Africa with scheduling as follows. Their Tagalog service can be heard from 17.30 to 19.30 local time or 01.30 to 03.30 UTC on 9960, 12120 and 15190 kHz. Their English service can be heard from 0200 to 0330 local, 1000 to 1130 UTC on 12010, 15640 and 17820 kHz. 
and Radio Pilipinas' programs can also be heard via live web stream on TuneIn from 0730 to 2000 hours UTC. PBS Manila on shortwave has issued many QSL cards, though at times somewhat spasmodically. Their QSL has generally been an oversized card with handwritten details confirming the reception of their programming. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. With all of the political developments in Sri Lanka recently, we thought there might have been some effects on the media there as well. Jost Jacob in India sent us a screenshot of Al Jazeera TV on July 13th, reporting that Sri Lanka's national broadcaster had been taken over by protesters. As it turned out, protesters did go to the station, but the BBC said they did not take it over. They were granted 15 minutes of airtime to explain their positions. When I listened to a Radio Sri Lanka English newscast on July 14th, it sounded pretty much like business as usual. Former Prime Minister Mahindra Rajapaksha and former Minister Basil Rajapaksha today gave an undertaking through their lawyers that they will not leave the country until the fundamental rights petition filed against them is heard tomorrow. International News 97.4 and 97.6 FM Turkey said talks aimed at resuming Ukrainian grain exports blocked by Russia in the Black Sea have produced a deal. It raises hopes for an end to the standoff which left millions at, at increased risk of a starvation. Sports News 97.4 and 97.6 FM Andy Murray recovered from a set-down to reach the quarter-finals of the Hall of Fame opening Newport, Rhode Island. And that was the News and Brief. You are with Radio Sri Lanka, 4 minutes to 5 o'clock. Radio Sri Lanka news there. We wondered if the uprisings would affect any of the shortwave transmissions from the island, but apparently they have not. Jost reported that Adventist World Radio transmissions scheduled at 1200, 1230, and 1300 UTC via Trincomalee, Sri Lanka, on two shortwave transmitters were noted as usual on July 13th. And he said that BBC Bangla via Trincomalee was noted as usual on 9410 kHz at 1330 UTC. He heard Transworld Radio, Putalam, Sri Lanka, as usual, on 882 kHz medium wave at 1330 UTC. On July 14th to 16th, the National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters in the United States had its first annual meeting since 2019. It took place at Radio Free Asia in Washington, D.C. We'll be telling you a lot about this meeting over the next few months or more here on WaveScan. We're going to begin today with a conversation I recorded in Washington on July 15th with Jerry Plummer, WWCR Frequency Manager and NASB Vice President. Well, Jerry, this is, uh, this is pretty cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we're in one of the studios at RFA, studio number seven, I believe he said it was. Out of 22. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bunch of studios. Uh, was this, I can't remember it's what. Cambodian studio. Cambodian studio, yeah, yeah it yeah. sure is, yeah. Uh-huh. And so we're set up to where they would actually do the uh, the broadcasting Cambodian to air out over RFA uh, later on. We're 
They've got this cool clock up on the wall. In fact, it says Commerce Service. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and and it has UTC. Yep. It has Washington D.C. time and the time in Phnom Penh. Yeah, that's oh. that's nice, man. Huh. This is a nice little. It got twenty nine of them, I think you said, right? Something like that. Studios? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> well, it's RFA. It's a lot of languages they cover. Yeah. Uh, and the Cambodian flag is hanging up sure there too. Is. Yeah. It sure is. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, of course, in case in case you hadn't told somebody already, we're uh, we're not in Phnom Penh. We're in Washington D.C. Uh, at the offices of Radio Free Asia, where they were kind enough to put us up for the first of what four years we've missed going on four of the uh, NASB uh, annual convention or annual meeting. And that's where we're having it. That's why we're seeing all these uh, Cambodian things. And AJ, one of the leaders of the whole RFA group, was kind enough to afford us the usage of this studio. And that's that's why we're cutting you this uh, uh, this wave scan now. Yeah. Now uh, we started out uh, the first day of the meeting was it was actually half day, right? And we had um, uh, presentations um, by. Ben Cobb of Experimental Radio News about, uh, this is kind of a controversial thing that's happening in the FCC, the U.S. Federal Communications Commission is trying to decide about this right now, and the the, the whole thing is is stock trading via shortwave, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's using DRM uh, for the upper bounds of it to cover just regular broadcasting or music, and the bottom half will cover the data transmissions. because it's actually quicker. The shortwave waves are actually quicker than the underseas cable uh, for data transactions. And I guess a lot of the financial places have learned that and thought, well, you know, we could get an edge on trades if we could use shortwave. And so that whole question was looking like it was okay. But then uh, this group headed by Cobb uh, uh, talked to the FCC, I guess you issued a dispute or yeah, a, a, a challenge or a something. A challenge or something yeah. uh, that said that these guys that have applied for this job, uh, for this broadcast, are not broadcasters. They're they're like data people, you know, and so it's a big hubbub. Yeah, because the whole thing was uh, it, broadcasting should be to the general public mm-hmm. where anybody can pick it up, right. whereas with the data transmissions of the stock numbers, uh, it would only be, uh, I think, accessible by certain Decoding. people. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that bottom side of it, where the data transactions are flowing back and forth, would be encoded. And so their contention is that's not in the spirit of the, uh, you know what, you know what's intended. And of course, you know us guys are in the for-profit sector and living in the world of shortwave. We kind of say, hey, listen, the more the merrier. You just come on. You know, that's another shortwave station, really, if it's broadcasting. Now, WIMB in Pennsylvania is actually doing this now. Yeah, right? yeah. They've yeah. been doing it for several months. Yeah. And you can hear that if you really listen closely. You can hear it's very, very quiet. But you can hear every now and then a little pop, uh, which is the blow side of the DRM that's transmitting that data. Uh, but I understand from Tom Lucy of the FCC that it's up way above his level. It's the lawyers are fighting it out now to try to come up with an answer. Because there's three more petitions online, I guess. For yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, three three different places want to do this type of thing. Uh, so we don't know. It doesn't really involve us per se. But I mean, you know, my personal belief is the more shortwave, the better. So, uh, <laughs> and it would be broadcasting on the upper side. Uh, one of them was religious broadcasting. 
but yeah. we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, uh, if it gets, from what I understand from what Tom Lucy of the FCC said, when it gets up to the quote unquote loggers, it's going to be a while before anything <laughs> happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's sort of a sort of a bullet point for right now. Yeah. Uh, then also uh, today we discussed, uh, actually you you discussed uh, the whole situation with WWCR and and the background uh, way back with uh, with uh, Christian uh, Caribbean Beacon, yeah, yeah, and Dr. Gene Scott right, and all right. of that. Kind of went over all that, and uh, you know, it's basically some of the things that happen when you move a transmitter that far, you know, because you to, moved it from from Caribbean Beacon and Anguilla to WWCR in sure Nashville, did. sure did. Mm-hmm. And we did it without anybody being able to go there because our engineer, the uh, uh, Dr. Scott's engineer people, couldn't go there because of COVID. So it all had to be packaged up and done by locals. And to this day, we're still trying to get pieces of it. So it, uh, it's just interesting, you know, for anybody that's ever had that ever tries to move a transmitter. There's a little more to it than just packing up and moving but that that was good and then we've got several interesting things through the afternoon that are lined up too that's right uh, we, we also had uh, um twr to yes. Transworld radio, Transworld radio. Uh, two yes. people mike saban from mm-hmm. the uh he was at ktwr in guam oh yeah for many years yeah. the head engineer and yeah. and recently moved to the u.s yes but he talked a lot about uh, twr asia and uh what they're doing they've got a lot of drm right? they do have a lot of drm and they say that they're aiming it a lot toward India because India has apparently got tons of DRM in every in every car radio, and they've had good success with getting response out of it. Uh, and then we had uh, his boss uh, to come in and, and add some people, some some sort of top down stuff, I guess. You know, Lauren Libby is Lauren always Libby, uh, very yeah. um, outspoken. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a good speaker. Yes, and he always has a point. He's trying to drive through to, to cement things. He's he's one of the better speakers we've got at NASB. Yeah. Yeah. But that was very interesting stuff, I thought. And then you've got a couple this afternoon. We're going to try for the first time, to my knowledge. Zooming, you know. That's right, Zooming and Skyping. Zooming and Skyping, uh, yeah. We've got presentations from uh, Christopher Rumbaugh from DRM North America. Right, in Oregon, you uh, know. Right, and then also from uh, uh, Kate Nieswender in California, who's with the Shortwaves for Freedom Project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one that's been raising money for uh, broadcasting into Ukraine and Russia, right? That's right, that's right. And uh, You guys are doing that like on <laughs> some, some of that's Some of that's been via WRMI, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. And... Um, then we also have uh, Steve Herman from the Voice of America. Oh, that's going to be the chief good, national yeah. correspondent. Yeah, that'll be a good talk. He's, he's yeah. been a VOA for many, many years and, and served in many, many places around the world. Oh, yeah, so he's, yeah. he's going to have some interesting stories for us. And then <laughs> the first ever NASB raffle. That's right. We've never had one before. And, and Radio Free Asia said that they had some stuff laying around. Yeah, yeah, RFA, yeah. Uh, um, paraphernalia. Yeah, that, that's going to be part of it. I think there's a DRM radio that's part that's of right. it. That's right. TWR you know. is uh, is uh, providing it in a DRM radio, and then RFA has two other uh, shortwave radios that they've um, got as part of it. And then we've yeah. got that host of pictures of Glenn Tapley from WEWN <laughs> that'll be going out too. That's a pretty interesting part. You know, we'll see about uh, that. But yeah, a raffle, and you had everybody uh, cast their name on a ballot, and I guess we'll. 
We'll start pulling and see. Yep, you know? yep. Let's see who wins. That's 5 o'clock today, right? I that's think it, when we finish it, all a, our that, other that's, that's when everything else is done, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> now, um, then tomorrow, we, we as usual, we wind up with our uh, uh, business meeting uh, tomorrow morning. Which is important because we haven't had one for three years. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, it's been three years, and I was seeing some of the people today. I realize it's the first time we've seen them, and now it's four years almost, you know, maybe mm. three at minimum. Uh, and we had a lot of the regular people come back, and uh, some new ones too. So it uh, yeah. it's, it's been yeah. a successful yeah. uh, so far, it's, and it's been very interesting too. A lot of a lot of speakers. We we have uh, a few shortwave listeners as well. Who we do. Us. Yeah, we um, do. Yeah, uh, uh, Zig in particular from Atlanta. He always makes it a point to mm-hmm. come to those. Always welcome to see him, and he's always a good one for question asking. If you need to stretch out your <laughs> If you need to stretch out your presentation, just ask, ask Zig. He'll he'll come up with something. That's you know? right. That's right. And we had, we've had some local people from around here, also. I think yes, Virginia yes. and so on. And uh, so we, we always welcome shortwave listeners to oh, these yeah. uh, meetings. Oh, yeah. they, they add a lot to it. Yeah, it's um, uh, uh, it worked out good. This is the second time recently. I think we were here in maybe 2016, maybe something like that. 15, yeah, 16. Yeah. And uh, this will be one of the last times for AJ to be our contact at uh, Radio Free Asia. He's he's retiring in the next year or two, you know. So, yeah. But you've already met his uh, uh, his deputy, yeah. Antu Schlinker, who's yeah, from yeah. Uh, Burma. And, yeah, he said uh, he's a pretty good guy. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, they've invited us uh, to come back anytime we want. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's real good. Yeah, AJ's been very helpful to us over the years. And they have that. a very nice meeting room here at Radio oh, Free Asia. they do. They, they yeah. do. With all the modern conveniences and recordings and AV equipment. And, and I can't believe he's got 29 studios. You know, it's, that's a lot, you know. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, we've got three, maybe, you know, three. And you probably got... I don't know, five or two. six. Two. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got 29 well dressed out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's four computers in this particular one. Yeah, yeah. And it's set up this nice, you know. Very, very nice. Yeah, and it's all uh, insulated, walled in, you know, so it's... And nicely air-conditioned in uh, this 94-degree heat degree, here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad we made it back. We finally did. We were going to try to do this in uh, at uh, uh, Alabama. That's but right. Terry had retired, who was the, the contact we had there, and uh, Glenn Tapley said that he'd like to have a year to kind of get everything settled down, and uh, I don't know, we'll decide, but we may be going there next year. I don't know. Hmm. You know, I guess we'll talk about that in the meeting yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, very good. So we uh, have to get back pretty soon to the uh, yeah, we've to got one another, of the Zoom calls yeah, or Skype Zoom calls. Call. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we uh, thought we could take this time. AJ was kind enough to loan us the... Um, usage of the studio so we could right. get a because you know dc is a pretty noisy place almost all the time you hear some kind of siren or something yeah, going right. on right yeah, yeah but not in here in here it's totally quiet no no it's really nice <laughs> well we can probably get uh, together and maybe with luck tomorrow we can do a, uh, a wave scan on kind of the overall conditions and what all happened and Okay. That's, I think we usually do that when we go to the HFCCs, which we will next month. Yes, too. yeah, yes, in Bulgaria. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be the first of those in three plus years. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all kind of looking forward to that. Kind of. This is the first time I've been on an airplane in over three and a half years. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you too. You hadn't traveled too much. Now you went to Seattle once. Yeah, I think, we went to Seattle and Utah. That's well, right, Utah. Yeah, two two domestic trips. That's right. That's right. Um, but. Um, 
Well, I'm glad I did a domestic trip straight from Nashville to D.C. to kind of get my feet wet because this next one we do in Sophie is going to be more than one stop. You know? <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, well, I think true. we're all going Turkish Air, aren't we? I think. Yeah, uh, we are. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you direct uh, Atlanta to Istanbul. But you Istanbul is very close to Tur- to uh, Bulgaria. Actually. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And then mm-hmm. it's it's a short flight, maybe not more than an hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. north. Mm-hmm. So we'll be in uh, Sofia then, and, and of course, like usual, we'll be able to report on what we've what we what we've got going on there after a three year hiatus. Mm-hmm. And this was a three year hiatus here at NASB, and yeah. it's it's working out well so far. Definitely. Okay, well, uh, so from Studio 7, uh, that's it for us from for now. <laughs> All right, that's for now. We'll talk with you again at the conclusion of our NASB meeting. All right, Jeff, thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. That was Jerry Plummer of WWCR speaking with us at Radio Free Asia in Washington, D.C. during the 2022 annual meeting of the National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters. We'll have more about that NASB meeting next week on Wavescan. And I should mention that uh, we received a message from uh, Ben Cobb of Experimental Radio News, who was at the NASB meeting and gave a presentation there. We were talking about there with Jerry. Uh, Ben sent a message just after the NASB meeting saying that the FCC has just denied renewal of one of the experimental HF licenses that I discussed. Therefore, the HF station must cease operating September 12, 2022. This is 3DB DPA-MEC, located in Maple Park, Illinois, and Johnsonburg, New Jersey. The FCC directed them, if they wish to continue operating, to file under a different rule. But that rule is, according to the FCC, limited to stations intended for reception and use by the general public. Of course, Ben says their real mission is private data link, not broadcasting to the public. Their international broadcast application, which has no construction permit, may be all they have left. That item from Ben Cobb. Our closing music on Wavescan today comes from Radio Sri Lanka. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week on WaveScan, strange radio antennas. More from the NASB 2022 annual meeting and our Indian DX report. Several QSL cards are available for the program. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for Wavescan to the AWR address in Bangkok and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry Wavescan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, 
P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, that's A-W-R, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone.